Today I will believe and confess that Jesus Christ was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Praise the Lord. All right. Today, we're going to go to the book of Exodus, and we're going to read Exodus chapter 19. We're going to look at a couple verses, and then we're going to go to the book of Deuteronomy and just read a verse there. So Exodus chapter 19, we're going to read verse 1 through 6, and then we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 23, and we're going to read one verse there. All right. Exodus 19, verse 1 through 6. All right, here we go. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and an holy nation." These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 23, and let's look at verse 14, and we'll read that verse. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee, and turn away from thee. Let's pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that you would strengthen us today by your Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us into your truth. Allow your holiness to be tempered by your grace that we see in Christ. That, Father, that we might learn to come to a place to fully understand what you're trying to do to save not only us, but those in whom we come in contact and those in the world. Father, we just pray today, let the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right, I want to say this before, or as I get started, I want you to think about a question I'm going to ask you, and just give it some, some serious thought for a moment. You know, if, if you knew that you were going to die tomorrow, and say so you knew this for a fact. You knew it for a fact. Now, we're not, so we're saying, for a fact, you know it. You're going to die tomorrow. You know that. And you knew that I had information that would prevent you from dying tomorrow. Would you listen to what I had to say? Now, of course, if people say no, I don't know what to say to that. I can't respond to that. Obviously, that would be somebody who obviously didn't, doesn't want to live tomorrow, right? They're okay with just going on. But apparently, if you would be a person who would want to live another day, you probably want the information. Now, I mean, you know, can we be honest? I mean, really, seriously. Now, I mean, unless you wanted to die, you, you know, we all know when we go to the doctor. If the doctor says, look, I got bad news and good news. One, you're going to die if you don't do what I tell you. In other words, you know, we have treatments for whatever your problem is, but if you don't take the treatments, then you're going to die. Now, some people might say, well, I'm going to have faith and believe God, and, that, and that's okay. But we're not talking about that right now. I told you where it's going to go. All right, so this is the facts. You will die tomorrow, okay, unless you listen to what I tell you and you can avoid dying. So the only option is you want to die, which is okay if that's what you want to do, or you want to live. Now, if you want to live, then fine. You know you would listen, right? Okay. So then all we know is that this really boils down to belief. Do you believe what I'm telling you? Because if you believe what I was telling you, you would do it. I mean, think about it. People who are diagnosed with cancer, and then the doctor says, look, 
we, can, we got a way to cure this. And then they give them a plan of treatment, they call it. And some people say, I'll take the plan of treatment. And then years later, a year later, two years later, they're ringing the bell. They're cancer-free. Now, some people say, well, but I wouldn't do that. Well, fine, I get it. But the plan of treatment, I'm saying, I'm trying to get you to understand, because I just want you to think about this as I move into what I'm about to say. I, I want you to think about, before we go any further, God's grace. We have to understand now that Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy men's life. I actually came to save them. He says that men are already, if they understood this, they are already under condemnation. If they die without me, they're already lost. There's no options between these things. That's what Jesus said. It wasn't an option. Jesus said, I came so I could bear the truth to you so that you would know. This is why when I mentioned last week, you see some people on the streets out there with those signs saying repent. Because in one place, the Bible says that God said to um, he used an example. He says the Lord was having this banquet, and he wanted the people to come, and everybody kept putting him off. I got a job to go do, uh, bid, and I'll come later. Uh, I just got married. I need to entertain my wife. I'll come later. And he said, okay, none of them get to be invited. He said, go and invite these people. He invited them. He said, we still have space. He says, well, go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in that my house might be filled. In other words, God was making it clear that he would literally have to go out and try to force people to life. That the world is so permeated with unbelief that he's going to have to try to force people to accept his judgment and his, his, his gift of life. That he's saying that it, this is going to happen. And people choose different religions, different things, different stuff. When you look at the world today, my thesis is this when I hope I get to the end of this. The corruption that you see of man in this hour just should be recognized as the same spirit of unholiness that God has always condemned. Now, there's nothing different about these people. There's nothing different about us. We, we got to understand this. I, you know, I, I was talking about Chapman yesterday. You know, in a way... What we have is we do have situations where we have more technology. We can do more damage to ourselves much quicker with our cell phones and these other things because we can access things that we used to not be able to get to as quickly. You have people who are perpetuating sexual crimes on these social media sites, and parents are starting to get a little more uh, knowledgeable about this stuff, that they're able to shut this down some, but in the beginning, people didn't even have a clue what was going on, and all their private information was going out, and all kind of stuff. People were tracking them and doing all kind of things through these social apps, only to realize that later, these things were very, very dangerous. But what we got to recognize is there is a spirit. These spirits have been on this planet for a very long time. They don't die. People need to understand this. Spirits don't die. When Jesus cast legion out of that man, he, they begged to go into the swine. The Bible says that all these demons went into 2,000 plus pigs, and the pigs were so crazy from the demons, they ran over the cliff and drowned. That's how powerful these devils were that were in this man. They don't die. Their time is later to be cast into prison and into the lake of fire to be tormented and destroyed forever and ever and ever. But now is not that time. They are constantly seeking God's place. Satan wants God's place. This is what people don't understand. He can't have it. Jesus said what happened when he rose up and said, I'll be like the most high. Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning. God cast him out of heaven as fast as you, when you see lightning strike, Jesus said, that's how fast the devil was out of there. The moment iniquity was sensed in him, boom, he was gone. Now, therefore, all over the world, you know, somebody sent me some clip the other day. It doesn't matter who the entertainer is because I'm not trying to, 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 to malign anybody. I don't really care like that. 
but they had prayed to father and mother God. And I was just like, I, I don't care about any of this. It's the same demons that have been doing this stuff forever. You know, there was always, there's always been a female goddess to which people prayed. I mean, these people had temples with temple prostitutes. They never had a problem getting men to church because their churches allowed men to come in and have sex with the temple prostitutes. And the idea was the more you came, the closer you got to God. Well, okay, can you imagine we open a church today? We got temple sex worship. You think we gonna need to pass out tracts and flyers to get people to join? Think we're going to have to have a moment where we're saying, well, you know, you need our God. No, you ain't going to say that to none of the people that's going to come. They coming. Yeah, I mean, come on, what's new? I mean, but they, they literally had temples. See, we ain't got there yet. See, we still too sophisticated to pretend that we ain't doing that yet. That we don't have a church, you know, where you go in and do that and say we're worshiping, right? But that's what they had. So it's nothing new. Now, God, but nothing's changed about God. Now, this is what I I get people to understand. We are living in a time where the only thing we've been exposed to is the mercy of God. God says, look, y'all, I had enough of this place once. And what I did was I flooded it. Now, I know y'all don't believe that. Y'all don't want to believe that. But but when the rain starts, you see how we cry in Baton Rouge if it rained for a couple hours and it don't stop. We want the government to do something. What you want them to do? They can't do nothing. They need to big, bigger ditches. Uh, I don't well, where, where the water going to go. It's going to go down on the ground, and it's going up. Because if the ground can't take it fast enough, it's going up, up wherever it wants to go. And as long as it keeps raining, it's going to keep coming. So I know people don't want to believe that God did that, but imagine 40 days and 40 nights if you don't believe it. It seemed to me like that probably would be a problem. 40 days and 40 nights where it just drops and drops and there's no stopping. It just rain, rain, rain. One of them rains like we had the other day. You can't get a little rain. Prescott, uh, airline, everything got water all over. God said, look, I had enough. (laughs) He said, then when, when Sodom and Gomorrah, I went in there. People doing all kind of stuff. And Abraham begged me. He said, if you can find 10 righteous people, will you spare the city? God said, yes, if I find 10. Couldn't find 10, God destroyed the city. Now, they have gone back and found the ruins of this place, found sulfur and all this that appears to be what has occurred like a volcano fell on top of some place. Yeah, God described what he did. And then... Through all of this, when God called the children of Israel out of Egypt, his intention was to show the world what happens when he's your God. He says, I'm going to call you all, and if you'll obey me and follow me, you see how I bore you like on an eagle's wings. I I carried you out like a mother does her own children. They say, you want to see a woman fight? Mess with her children for real. Go ahead. They may not fight at all, but if they think their children are in danger, watch and see what women do. God said, I bore you like an eagle on my wings and brought you out of Egypt. And look what I did to your enemies. Look how I drowned Pharaoh. Look what I did to him. He said, now I'm calling you to be a holy people unto me. And I'm going to show you that if you'll obey me and follow me and let me be your God, what I will do for you and how I will destroy your enemies. Then he said in one place, however, that if you fail to follow me, you won't. If I see a bunch of uncleanness in your camp and your refusal to obey me, I'll just forsake you and leave you to your enemies. So I've always amazed When I look like in our communities and you hear everybody crying all the time and whining all the time about the violence and the death and the murder and, oh, it's so bad and this one getting killed and that one getting killed, and I agree. But at the same time, I ask people, just be honest with ourselves. People will say, well, you know, the reason I converted to Islam is because, you know, they have discipline. They pray seven times a day and they this and they do that. 
Well, what in the Bible restricts you from praying seven times a day? Matter of fact, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Bible says we should always be praying and faint not. We should have discipline. But what has happened in the Christian church, that that grace of God has been taken as an opportunity to just do what we want. We about to go now. I ain't telling you what to do. Pastor ain't saying nothing. I'm just, that's why I said I start off with grace. And I said, listen to me now. You're talking to my grace. Some people about to go right now. Can't wait for the Mardi Gras parade. Gonna be down there with Bacchus and Wacchus and every other demon spirit riding on them floats. Now, come on, Pastor. I'm just saying, all you gotta do is go research some of them names. I'm telling you, them names are demon spirits. But you know, we get that 40 days. Is it lit they call it? I forgot what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you go get them ashes on your head after you done done all this stuff you done done. Now, some kind of way doing all that time, God's all right. While you're drinking your hurricanes and falling all in the street and whatever else you're doing. And then finally, it's time to be holy. And we go into that week before the Lord. And then we do that passion stuff. You know, we do all the actions down to that holy Friday. Good Friday. And then early. Sunday morning, he rise up and we in church dressed and looking a part of church people. And God's got to be in heaven just shaking his head, thinking to himself, now I don't know why they think that I think it's all right to celebrate with demons for however many days we're doing it. And then we come present ourselves to the Lord and don't realize this is no different than why God was angry all the time with the children of Israel. He kept saying, what is wrong with you people? Why do you think it's okay to go worship Moloch and this one and that one and then present yourself to the Lord? That's what he would say. Well, that's what, that's what people are doing. The only difference now is God don't kill everybody. You know, back then, he literally would, I mean, he went through the camp and people literally died like from his wrath. Bam, and they all were like 23,000 in one day, the Bible says. Because God was trying to get them to understand, this is what you really up against. This is who I really am. This is why when Jesus came, Jesus kept trying to tell them, lest your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you in no wise will get in. You don't understand what y'all up against. He said, look, y'all talk about, I mentioned this in Bible study, I think it maybe last week. Y'all keep talking about, well, I ain't never committed adultery. Stop lying. Every time you looked at a woman and you thought a thought other than nothing, you committing adultery with her in your heart. He says, that's how righteous God is. So don't come at me with your righteousness, God, like, please. Why don't you take mine? That's why Jesus said, the kingdom of God, heaven and the kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of heaven Paul said it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Think about it. Any man, any woman, no matter how bad your situation was, if you had righteousness, which is right standing with God, peace, which means don't nothing bother you, and joy, which means your heart is always lightened and you're just feeling great, what can anybody do to you? you got righteousness. I'm in right standing with God. I have peace, which means I don't know nothing bother me. Nothing bothers me. That means it don't matter what's happening. Joy I have, which means I'm not... Depending on being happy, my happenings, I am at peace with God, and I have this. That's the kingdom of God. Now I can walk the planet, and like Paul said, I can be content in whatever situation I'm in. If I have something, great. I can enjoy it. But if I don't have something, great, because I'm good. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he says. And now God has given us this time. Jesus said this is what's going to happen. Jesus said the Jews would get judged in the generation they in. He said every single drop of blood all the way down to Zechariah and all the rest of them will be brought up on this generation, he said to the Jews. He said and the city of Jerusalem will be trampled over by the Gentiles until their time comes. Now, if you think about it, I said in 70 AD, about 40 years after Jesus left, if you go read the accounts of what happened in Jerusalem, it's horrible. They say the Romans came in and they slaughtered everybody. Little kids like that cut their heads off with a sword. 
No pity, no mercy. Blood, they said, was running from the temple so much that it ran down the steps of the temple. As the people tried to defend their temple that belonged to God and were trying to stand between the temple and the, the Romans, and as they were slaughtering them, blood was literally running down the steps of the temple. That was God's final judgment in that sense. And the devil's been chasing them people ever since. He had a holy cause, six million Jews. He's staying behind them, stays on them. But our time is coming. The Bible said that the city of Jerusalem will be run over by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. There's coming a moment where God's like, that's it. He's closing up history, and all of us are going to have to meet him, right? So it would make sense that once again we would see all of this stuff that you saw back then. And you would see it even infiltrating the church, the very place that God is supposed to be amongst his people. Temple worshiping. Moloch and wizardry and everything else. And some say, yeah, pastor, but it's different now. God wants things to be different. He didn't say, and I tell people, okay, we're fine. If we go to 1 Peter and we look in 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, and we look at verse 13 through 16. This is what it says. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself after the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation, i.e. lifestyle, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So in other words, God commands and calls his church to holiness. Now let me say this. That's why I keep emphasizing this. This is not to be a sermon that I'm trying to tell you about what's wrong with you and all of that. We're talking about God. Today's message is called Holy God. Holy God. We call him Father, but he is a holy God. Nothing about God has changed. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. And if anything, he's always trying to warn us, you know. Jesus said, narrow is the way. And few there be that find it. I say to myself all the time, it's just going to be a shame if I die and close my eyes only to miss heaven. Oh, my God, I say to myself all the time. Someone said to me once, Pastor, is it that serious? Folks, you think about it. Is it? Is it really that serious that if you, when we die, there is a place called hell? That ain't serious? I mean, think about it now. Let's be honest. I remember the times when I used to not deal with God as much, I say. That's how I like to say it, when I didn't deal with that God that much. As long as you don't think about him, hell ain't never nothing on your mind, really. You're just living. But when you start to focus on God, <laughs> you start to realize that God got a lot to say about what happens once you die. And you can't ignore it. I mean, it's either, it's, it, this is serious. I mean, my God, this is real. If it's not real, that's why Paul said, if this is not real, we can just eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Just let's just be happy and go live your life. But if this is true, this is serious. I must be serious about it. I have to be serious in my preparation for this. I have to be serious in what I'm telling you. If you think this is even possibly true, you got to think about it. Think about what you're seeing. Think about what you're hearing. In 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to read some verses there to you. 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 1 through 12. Just listen to what Peter says. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. 
Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So here you see Peter again emphasizing that we are supposed to be us. Now, I was never in a fraternity, and I'm not going to get on you if y'all. Well, then no sorority ain't going to get on you if y'all. I don't have nothing to do with none of that. Period. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about this. Whatever it was that caused us to get induced into these things and want to be a part of it and all that, God says, look, I got my own thing. Okay? God, fire God. Alpha, fire God. Alpha and Omega. God says, this is my thing. And it's a holy thing. It's a peculiar thing. It's made up of people who recognize that they came from a life that wasn't that good. And although they may still have issues and problems, they recognize that my grace is sufficient to cover them, but they don't believe that stuff is right. They understand that I'm a holy God, and they know what I say is holy and what ain't. And we might mess up. But we don't live there saying that's right. Okay, so, so we not that we we Paul made it clear when Paul Paul was involved in the murder of Christians. Paul was involved in Christians blaspheming. Paul was involved in all kind of stuff. Paul said, but I did it ignorantly. I didn't understand. I was being zealous for God, I thought. But the bottom line is he was a murderer. All the stuff that Paul did, ain't none, none of that y'all ain't even close. So you can't say that God can't use you, can't forgive you, can't bring, he can. Do you want to be forgiven is the question. Do you want to say, that wasn't right, this ain't right, and you acknowledge it is wrong. Fine, then let's do it and move on. Let's understand that God is holy, though. He's the one. We're a holy nation, peculiar people. We don't respond to things the way the world responds. We got to be different. You know, there's this guy walked up to me the other day at the law school. And whatever he said, there's got to be something the Kappa say. I don't know what it was. He's, he, he said something. He did something. And he just looked at me. And I said, what's your problem? And he said, well, all week they've been saying you was a Kappa. I said, well, all week they've been lying. I'm sorry, Prop. It's okay. I'm just saying, I, 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 before I approach somebody say something, you know, I'd be careful. He said, well, you know, you look kind of, what? Look, why, they tell me I look like a preacher. I, what does that mean? You look, what am I doing? No, I'm not. Holy nation, peculiar people. We should know our speak. You know, we, we should be familiar, just like this fella thought he knew me, and he said something, and I just looked at him like he was crazy because I, I ain't a part of that. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any of that. These people are proud. They got it on their license plates. They got it on their shirts. They got it on their shoes. They got all this stuff. They walk around with it. And God's like, look, <laughs> I got my thing. This is who I am, and this is what my people are like. And I'm just asking you to get an agreement with me. You know, do you want to be in here or not? See, I never wanted to be in there. That's why I didn't go to the army. I knew if I ain't go to the army, I sure ain't about to let y'all hit me. Oh, it's about to be a problem. Oh, yeah, you ain't about to hit me with nothing because everybody finna hit finna die. We all gonna die. 
So I just said, let me just stay in my own little club because I ain't trying to be nothing that bad. I just don't want, I ain't trying to do it. I, don't, I just don't want nothing that bad. So let me just stay over here because somebody going to say something to me and I'm going to make you understand that's not how I do stuff. Well, you can't be in this. Well, yeah, but I'm going to tell you what you ain't about to do. See, I, I'd never be the one that y'all going to be reading about here. They done kill him, uh, 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 hazing him. No, they're going to say he killed the hazels. You say, I don't know what happened. He killed the hazels. What happened? I don't know, but I just knew. No, forget that. Let me go on and do what I have to do. But God is like, look, I have this thing here that is, this is how we do it. Now, I want you to go to Leviticus chapter 20. Now, I want you to think about all the stuff you hear in the day. All the stuff about love and this and that and everything everybody's talking about. But I need you to look at this now and fully understand something. God has made himself clear as to what he considers what we ought to be doing and what we ought not be doing as people. You know, God is so, God ain't changed. All Jesus did was came and became the sacrifice to, for us to have access to God, to be a part of this. Now, in one place, Paul said, such were some of you. You know, some of these things we all participated in. This ain't about, oh, look, we holier than thou, because God will get you for that. That's what he said about the Pharisees. He said, you know, it was the Pharisees that went down, and the Pharisee, I was listening to it this morning, laughing as the, the, the Lord was giving this example. He said, and, and, and there's a problem those who think they're so righteous. Two people go down, and the, uh, the Pharisee stands before God and begins to pray. God, I'm so glad that I'm not like other men. I pay my tithes. I do whatever. You know, he went on down the list. And thank goodness I ain't like this publican. And the Bible says the publican wouldn't even lift his head up and look, just beat on his breast and said, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. And he said that he went home more justified than the man who stood up there with all his holy stuff. Was that to throw out holiness? No. It was to throw out hypocrisy. Because ain't nobody got it all going on like that. You may be doing okay right now, and that's good. You should be living as best you can. But you got to know where you came from now. You got to always remember that there's something now hidden deep that we don't know nothing about. They say all the time, people get up and tell their testimony. That ain't true. They ain't giving you their whole testimony because they already know. They told you their whole testimony. You ain't going to like them like that no more. When they tell you what they really did in life, what, how deep they really went into sin or something, you're not going to want to accept them. So they keep that to themselves between them and God. So we know we can't live this way, but we also can't then accept. We cannot say, okay, well, it's all right then. All oh, that's all right. No, God said, no, 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 it ain't all right. I need y'all to understand that. It's not all right. They have just as much a right to get in this frat or sorority you in as anybody else do. All they got to do is confess their sins, turn from their ways, and come on in. And if for some reason they fall, I will get them back up and dust them off as long as they're willing to acknowledge their failure. I'm not trying to kill nobody. Jesus said, if, you, if God wanted to kill you, he'd have left you here. He already said, we're already condemned. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy you. I came to save you. So it's just a matter of understanding it. But let's look at this. It's so intense. Leviticus 20, beginning at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Again thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever he be of the children of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. So let me stop right there just for a moment. Molech basically represented a god and a demon spirit that they would approach in worship. And for the most part, Molech was, was seen almost in the sense of a deity that they would not only sometimes sacrifice their children, literally, any idea of giving your children over to anything that Satan was in charge of was considered giving your children over to Molech. So if you think about some of the music that we listen to, 
if you think about music that keeps purporting death and other stuff, and people are listening to this over and over and over again, and you let them, you are giving your seed over to Molech. Now, had God you been in a champ with Israel, he had an answer for that. What's that they listening to? Oh, he get the parents, and surely they shall be put to death. The people of the land will stone them with stones. Okay, we got that settled. We won't have to worry no more about that. Why? Because you're dead. We're just going to kill you. That's what God's plan. That was his plan. That's how you do it. you just dead. Look at verse 3. And I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he hath given of his seed unto Molech to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do any ways hide their eyes from the man when he gives of his seed unto Molech and kill him not, then I will set my face against that man and against his family and will cut him off and all that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people. And the soul that turneth after such as familiar spirits and wizards to go whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. Verse 7, sanctify yourselves therefore and be ye holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. Stop. Okay, same God. Still talking about being holy. Talking about Molik, people giving their stuff over to Molik. He said, if you don't kill him and you going around feeling sorry, talking about that God, I'm going to get you too. You won't be in this deal, I'm going to get you too. I'm going to get you. <laughs> Verse 8, and you shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. Now watch this. For everyone that curses his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. Stop. Curse your father and your mother. That don't mean you got to call them no bad words. The word curse means to say anything negative, anything like, you know, that you are casting a dispersion upon them. That's a curse. God says, them your parents, that's your mother, that's your father, you better just keep your mouth closed than what? But if you do, death. Wow, God. <laughs> I'm already dead probably a couple of times. My mama used to get mad. I go in the thing. She get on my nerves. I'm sick of her. Be glad when I get out of here. I don't know why she act like that. Something, something must be wrong with her. What you saying there? I ain't saying nothing. Don't be mumbling. Speak up. I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> Wait till your daddy get here. See, that's what's wrong with him. He don't tell her nothing. All that talk, death, God says. You should be killed. Verse 10, and the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall be surely what? Death. You know how people are today? Oh, no, well, you know, they you know, they'd really like each other and everything. They, this one wasn't meant for that one. That wasn't meant for that one. They just went on, hooked up, got together. We make a love story out of it now. See it on uh, what that channel is? Life channel. That's what they call it now? Lifetime. Lifetime movie, yeah, and we happy. Harlequin movie or something, you know. Yes, it's just wonderful. Oh, it's a book. Harlequin is a book, right? Yeah, whatever. Hallmark is the movie. Harlequin is a book. Whatever. Read and thinking it's all good. Romance, oh, that's so wonderful. I'm 11. And the man that lies with his father's wife, oh my God, hath uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Now, see, now we're feeling better. Oh, I ain't never did that. Lord, you ain't never did that. Verse 12. And if a man lie with his daughter-in-law, whoo, praise the Lord, I know I ain't did that. Both of them surely shall be put to death. They have brought confusion. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man also lie with a man as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And if a man take a wife and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burnt with fire, both he and they, that there be no wickedness among you. And if a man lie with a beast, oh, my God, he shall surely be put to death, and he shall slay the beast. And if a woman approach unto any beast and lie down thereto, thou shalt kill the woman and the beast. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. 
And if a man shall take his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and see her nakedness, and she see his nakedness, it is a wicked thing. But God didn't say he was going to kill them. Somebody got off. They shall be cut off, though, in the sight of their people. He hath uncovered his sister's nakedness. He shall bear his iniquity. And if a man shall lie with a woman, having her sickness, and shall uncover her nakedness, he hath discovered her fountain, and she hath uncovered the fountain of her blood, both of them shall be cut off from among their people. And thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister, that's your auntie, nor of your father's sister, that's your auntie too, for he uncovered his near kin, they shall bear their iniquity. And if a man shall lie with his uncle's wife, he hath uncovered his uncle's nakedness, they shall bear their sin, they shall die childless. And if a man shall take his brother's wife, it is an unclean thing. He hath uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. Ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them that the land where I bring you to dwell in shall not spew you out. And you shall not walk in the manner of the nations which I cast out before you. For they committed all these things and therefore I abhorred them. But I have said unto you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that flows with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from the other people. You shall therefore put difference between clean beast and unclean. And then he goes on to say that a man that seeks unfamiliar spirits would be put to death. Now, so here God gives us a nice clean list of stuff. Many things some people have done. Some stuff people say, oh, I ain't nowhere on the list. Mm, you know, I don't know. Only you know. And if you never said nothing negative about your mama or daddy, God bless you. I don't know how you could get through childhood and not at least once have said something about your mama or your daddy and you know you ain't right. Okay? You just ain't right. Even if they was wrong, the point is you saying what you're saying is the curse. Yeah, the negative talk against them is the curse. That's what people don't understand. God, you know, they are the ones in authority. Whether or not we agree with it, doing, not doing, point is it what? God says, look, I give them that spot, that's what they have. But God's trying to teach us something. See, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get them to understand, this is who I am. This is what I consider holy. This is what you die for. Come on, now think about how many people, when he talks about a man, he said right here, a man sleep with another man's wife, death. Boy, you know how many dead people would be out there? I'm serious. Do you know how many people would be dead right now? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Thank God for Jesus. Lord, help me. I'm just so glad. People want to talk about we want to be the original Hebrews. No, you don't. You better leave that alone. You ain't trying to be no original Hebrew. I ain't trying to be dealing with that. Oh, no, indeed. God like, look, you know, yeah. okay, come on. First Corinthians chapter 5. Now, we're going to look at something here. And now, in the first, we're going to start see how God, Paul, dealt with a situation in the church. All right, so we can see how this whole concept of us being a holy nation, God hasn't changed. You know, God's not changed. But the way God deals with us has changed, which has created the problem, I think, in people bridging the gap between what we're doing and our expectation of what God is doing. And sometimes failure to see God moving creates this gap that makes people think God all right, when really he's not. But you say, well, I ain't doing nothing. Because God, time is what ought to bring about change. All right, let's look and see. We're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 13. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication is not so much as even named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. Stop. Now, in the Old Testament, what is his penalty? Say it again. Death. Death. I mean, wait, death. You, you doing what? And it says plainly, death. That should be the penalty. We, 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 we done talking. He should die. <laughs> All right, it's over with. He should die. But look at verse 2. He says, and you are puffed up, in other words, y'all have in church, and have not rather mourned that he that have done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily as absent in the body, but present in spirit, have judged already, as though I were present concerning him that have done this deed. 
In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together and in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of the world, or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I've written unto you not to keep company if any man who is called a brother be a fornicator or a covetous or idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner, no, not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them that are without? Do not you judge them that are within. For them that are without, God judges. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Now, here you have a man. Let's, let's kind of wrap this up in, in a way that we understand it. You have a man who is sleeping with his stepmother. He's not repentant. He's just doing it. And they know about it. And in the process of knowing about it, they still have church like it's all good. Everybody just doing their thing, right? Paul says, y'all should be in there mourning up in the church that the one who's done this, God could deal with them. He says, because as long as you keep doing that, don't you understand a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump? Then you read in the Old Testament where God said that I'm amongst you. But if you won't deal with your own, he says, I'm not talking about the people in the world. Forget them. We ain't talking about them. Them Kappas and Omegas. And we talking about us. Our frat and sorority. We deal with our folks. We can't deal with them. I don't know how you wearing them letters you wear. I don't know nothing about none of that y'all do with them sounds you making. I know what we do, God says, and we supposed to deal with it. We can't act like we don't know. I've read places, they say, if they catch you wearing some of their stuff and they give you whatever their little sign is they give you and you don't respond, they'll look out. Because especially if you're living up on the campus, I can't remember, somebody told me a story about that one. They tell you to catch you in the room, put a hood over your head and beat you down. Tell you don't never wear that no more. You ain't earned them letters. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, God's like the same thing. God's like, hold up, stop, wait a minute. You can't earn these letters and live like this. Now, I don't care about all the people out there. I don't care what Beyonce sang. She can sing it whoever she wants. She just can't sing it up in here. I don't care. I, I don't care about her. I don't care about her. I don't care about nobody out there. They can do whatever they want to do. What we ain't going to do is bring it up in here and say, oh, that's fine. God done blessed us to move however we move it in God. And that's lies. Lies. God is holy. And he done spoke on all that. Now, if you won't get out there and mess with it, you go right ahead. I'm trying to make it clear on what the Bible say. That's all we're doing. God made it clear to us. Now, people may say, well, I don't want nothing to do with that. Then get out. Just get out. That's what I would do. I'd be like, look, God ain't going to tell me. And some people have. They've joined churches that say it's okay for uh, 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 people to do whatever. They got the first man, along with the pastor. Pastor and the first man. Y'all understand what that is? Yeah. The man over there and the pastor up here, pastor and the first man. That's their church. People say, well, they can have church anywhere they want. Yeah, they can. It's a false false alternative. It It ain't the church of Jesus Christ. Not based on what God said. God ain't changed none of that. But it wouldn't be no different than the church of the liars. So let's be clear. Now, you know, I lie. All I do is lie. When I open my mouth, a lie coming out. <laughs> Y'all know I'm lying. That's all I do is lie. And we got pastor and Miss Lie. They don't do nothing but lie. It's a church of liars. God said, look, he hate a lie. He hates people that believe and make lies. Now, I don't mean we don't lie. We all done lied. He said, who loves and makes lies. You love lying. You know you lying. You lie, you lie knowing you lying 
and you love lies. That's what we talking about. Church of the liars. No, we can't have that. So God would have, in the Old Testament, killed him. He says, y'all are celebrating and y'all don't understand. Y'all got to do something. He said, this is what I'm going to do. When I'm together with you all in spirit, we're going to pray and release him to the devil. Put him out of the church and let him go. With Paul believing that this is what happens. Paul saying, look, y'all don't get it. Them spirits is powerful out there. He says that his flesh might be destroyed so that his soul might be saved. In other words, put him out there and let God loose the devil on him. And when the devil get through beating him up, he might have to kill him. He said, well, at least he'll have a chance at being saved. People say, oh, that's harsh. Well, what is it better than getting killed? It's better than us. We cannot like we can do it. But it's better than us saying, well, stand up there and we finna stone you with stones. Till you're dead right there. God just said, put them out there. I'm saying you can't fellowship and do unholy things and think a holy God going to be amongst you. You can forget that. He ain't here. I said it before. I said it's like having when the Holy Spirit could leave and people wouldn't know because you can run church. Y'all see this morning, right? Music ain't started. Who went wrong? I went started. You know, they could start it. I mean, we found it. Go back there and mess around with the YouTube. I can start that too. I can do all kinds of stuff. We can put them screens up, me and Tim. Yeah, we do all kinds of stuff around here. What that got to do with God being here? Okay, you know, you can do some stuff. That's my point. We can do our stuff and run a building and have a program, but do we have God? And God's like, if you want me amongst y'all, let me tell you what I need you to be doing. I need you to be trying your best to live your life according to what I say. And I know you're not going to get it right. I mean, I'm sure if you interview Sister Laura, she could tell you at least one thing about me that she might think it needs to be improved. See what I said? <laughs> at least one thing. I'm sure. Well, okay. It ain't about being perfect, but it's about me recognizing that that one thing, especially if she's right about it, I can't go around saying, well, that's just too bad. I, God know who I am. Okay, well, God, okay. You, you, <laughs> he do know who you are. And you might need to change that. Because if you don't, you're going to take that up with God. And you got to know this. Look at, look at what happens, though. Now, now. Then there's a response now. So Paul writes this letter, and Paul digs into these people, and he just tan them up about what's happening. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians, and let's read verse 1 through 11. 2 Corinthians, and we're going to read verse 2, I mean chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. This is what he says. But I determined this with myself, that I would not come again to you in heaviness, for if I make you sorry, who is he that maketh me glad but the same which is made sorry by me? And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I come, I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is the punishment which was inflicted of many. So that contrarywise, you ought to rather forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgave it, it's for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. See, in other words, they put him out. Oh, they did exactly what Paul said. Paul was like, oh, they was like, oh, no, uh-uh. Paul say, put him out, he out of here. Matter of fact, every time they saw him, they didn't speak to him. They dealt with him in a way that he understood. You are no longer a part of our fellowship. And as long as you keep living that way, you ain't. But whatever started happening to him, and whatever the devil was doing, and whatever was going on in his life, he repented. He was like, I'm sorry. I, I, I realized it wasn't. And, and he broke it off. It's over with. 
but they wouldn't let it go. <laughs> so now they own him. Oh, no, bro, I don't care. Mm-mm, no, yo, you the one. Yeah, you the one sleeping with, with, with your daddy wife. Mm-mm, no, we don't deal with you. Now that he got a brand on him, and Paul's like, look, now I'm going to need y'all to back up a little bit. I know I was the one who wrote you the letter. I know I'm the one. He said, but when I wrote it, I was crying myself because I want this thing to get right. He said, but I need y'all now to realize something. Do not allow this man to get swallowed up over much sorrow. He recognizes his wrong. He acknowledged he was wrong. He came to you and told you he was wrong. You need to forgive him. He said, look, if you forgive him, I forgive him. I forgive anybody you forgive if he asks you for forgiveness. He said, because you got to understand, we're not ignorant of how Satan works. This is how Satan will get y'all and him. He says, why? He says, because y'all walking in unforgiveness now. And he's going to get swallowed up in his sorrow end up killing himself, he's so depressed, or he go off and do something crazy. You never know what happens. Why? Because you won't even accept him anymore when he's asked for forgiveness. This is the God. See, so instead of what? His man being stoned like he would have been in the Old Testament, just dead. Paul enforces the church's discipline. He gets put out. Whatever happens to him causes him to grieve so much that he comes back asking to be forgiven. Then they won't forgive him. And Paul says, that ain't right. Now, y'all going to have to deal with this now. I understand y'all might be the church with the man that slept with his father wife. Because that's what they're going to say now. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that church where that man sleeping. <laughs> he was sleeping with the wrong wife. That's what they're going to be saying. Now, y'all know ain't them people have not changed. Okay, they have not changed. And you know today, that's what they're going to be saying. But Paul said, take him back. Pray for the man. Forgive the man. Be Christ-like. Don't let the devil get the best of you. And then look at the next verse. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And now we see the whole purpose of all of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's read verse 8 through 11. For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent. Though I did repent, for I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, this selfsame thing that you sorrowed after a godly sought, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge. In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. See, 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 all God wants out of people now is for them to acknowledge that a way that they're going is not him. That's not how I do what I do. There's only three that are holy. There's the Holy Father, the Holy Son, and the Holy Spirit. The rest of us are holy because we are a part of the congregation of God. We have come in and acknowledged the Son, and through the Son, we have access to God's holiness because of him. We now acknowledge him as our Lord and our Savior, and we will follow him and do what he tells us. At times, we fall. It happens. But we don't live in our sin. We don't accept it. We don't say it's right. We don't live over here. We cry before God. We acknowledge it before God. We ask God to help us to break free. And until we break free, we stay before God knowing that he ain't going to kill us because he loves us, and we're in the family. But what we can't do in the family is go down a path and then decide that this is right. I don't care what God says about it. I'm still in the family. And God's like, no, you're not. And although you are, you are cut off from the family. And what's going to happen is the devils, you're going to see him. That's why he said in communion, weakness and sickness and early death is happening to people. Why? Because they are trying to live lives 
as a part of God's family apart from God. And God ain't having it. He just ain't having it. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I remember when my father used to say it to me all the time. People say it. Men say it. Women say it. Everybody's saying it. They can't be but one in this house, whatever that one is. Eventually, you, if you got girls, they get old enough, they might say, you be like, ho, oh, oh. ho. Mom be like, look, ain't but one woman up in this house. Now, if you want to be a woman, I'm going to need you to get your own house. The dad got to say, hey, ain't but one man up in here. I'm going to need you to get something else and you can't come at me like that. There ain't but one man. Well, that's all God's saying. Hey, ain't but one God up in here. <laughs> you know, I am God. I change not. I ain't never change, and I ain't going to let y'all dictate change for me. No matter how much you tell the world I accept something, I don't. It doesn't matter what you say. I never will accept this, this, or that. All y'all got going on is the same thing they had going on back then. It's Molik worship. Man, when I look at some of these concerts, I be saying to myself, oh, my God, that is nothing but what the Israelites were doing. That's what God was talking about. You got on costumes that are just like the ones the priestess of Baal used to wear. It's the same identical thing. You're using symbols that the same Aphrodite's priest would use and priestess to use to worship demons. But now we worship ourselves. We don't say it's demons. You know, the demons are still doing their thing. But we're there just thinking it's all good. And God's like, oh, my God. And it's one thing for the world to be involved in. It's another thing when the church, God's family is involved in that kind of worship. But God don't never take it lightly. That's what people need to understand. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know, everybody joking. I said, they keep seeing all them balloons flying over the country and all kind of other stuff. People wouldn't know what to do. They're talking about, we forget, we didn't shoot it down. The Chinese been online laughing. Talking about the Americans came defend against a balloon. They so concerned that if they shot it out the sky, it might have fell on somebody. Well, what are we going to do when the Chinese jets show up? We're just going to let it fly all over the country until it starts shooting at us? Is that what we're going to do? Have we gotten so concerned about pleasure in life and the next concert? Surely we can't let that balloon fall on the stadium. It might fall in somebody's swimming pool. It might fall on somebody's house. Oh, it might hurt somebody. Yeah, yeah, like all them bombs in Ukraine. See, war has been away from this place for so long that we don't even understand the, what it means to have anything inconvenient, have anything going. And I keep telling people, we are running out of time. As you keep seeing all these things that people are doing and people are accepting and people are saying it's okay, we are running out of precious time before God for him to leave us intact. And say that what? We don't need some, something to help straighten our senses out. You know, we, we, we so used to having gas pumped. And we used to the natural gas. We used, whereas in Europe now, they're running out of stuff. I mean, things are happening fast in the world. And as they're happening, people need to understand, we serve a God. That's why he said to his children, he said, watch this. Did you see how I brought you out of Egypt? God said he had the firstborn. They were the firstborn of all the Egyptians were dying, and God's people stayed alive. I ain't preaching fear. I'm preaching God. I'm telling you, get under God. Get with God's wing, and you ain't got to worry about it. I wouldn't care what flow over America. I ain't caring what's going to happen when it happens. If you went with God, you're going to be fine, just like the floods that came, just like things that come. God will take care of his people because that's what he does. But these things sometimes must happen so that people can at least have a shot at repenting. If they continue to think all that stuff's okay and everything is good and we just all do it, then look at the number of souls that just get lost just by virtue of what? Allowing this stuff to just keep going and going and going. But that's the patience of God. See, the Bible says God's love never fails. Think about it. If any of y'all got children... And you, don't, you believe in discipline. Now, some people don't believe in discipline. But my parents, you know, we, do, we did. And I believed in it. But I would strive so hard not to hit my children. I'd be like, and Joseph. <laughs> see, some of y'all know Joseph. It, 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 I mean, I would do my best. I'd be like, son, just stop. And he just wouldn't stop. His head was just so hard. And it's like, I know y'all, they're listening. 
Even today, I could talk to Josie. Some things he just, in. I just, he got to do his thing now. But when he was little, I remember one time I got him, and I hit him, pow. So he just stopped. All Joseph did, he bowed up like this. He said, that didn't hurt. I said, Lord, if I hit this boy again, I'm going to end up breaking him something. Something going to go wrong because I had hit him good. I had hit him a good one. And he just mm, tightened up and turned all red. And Joe said, that didn't hurt. I said, Lord, if I hit this boy again, I'm going to end up breaking something. So I'm just not going to even do it. I said, son, just sit down. But the Bible says that discipline comes to try to help us. And that's all it's about. Folks, look, God loves us. He's a holy God. It's a great to be in the presence of God and to have such a powerful and awesome God. And God says he makes all of his power available to his people if we will just follow his ways. And when we fall, we just have to ask God to forgive us. Now, that's all we can do. And we have to understand sometimes life, hey, there's more to it after that. But that's just the way it is. You know, it's just like when I talked about the roof. Okay, well, a roof, we ain't got a hole in it now. Well, you can't just leave it there. You got to fix it. And, it, and you know, me walking around all day talking about, man, I should have checked it maybe 20 years ago. It might be better. You know, you can't do nothing with that. Just you don't have to fix things. You got to do it. Your life, sometimes your life got holes in it. And ain't nothing you can do about it but try to fix it. And you just believe God that if you stay with him, he will mend the broken places. Every head bowed, every eye closed.